Hello, and welcome to the New Adult Committee. My name is Alex Cranshaw. And I'm Andrew Mahopoulos. And we are joined here today with Lori Brust from the Cultural Care Au Pair organization. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about au pairs, what they are, how libraries can better serve them. We met Lori Brust through a Mosaic Committee meeting a couple of weeks ago, and we had a great conversation about you know, what au pairs are, are they using the library, all sorts of good things. And I wanted to sort of have a little meeting here where we can recap some of those great points and you know, help some libraries better serve this community. And I think it's appropriate for the new adult committee because au pairs are generally, I think, in their 20s and 30s, or maybe even younger than that, but they certainly felt fit in the new adult arena. And um, I would like to try to brainstorm some ideas. How can we better serve them and better serve, you know, in turn, their, the families that they're serving? So with that, um, I would like to introduce Lori. Um, Lori, again, um, we met through the Mosaic Committee. Maggie Cavanaugh from the Mosaic was nice enough to introduce us. And um, would, would you like to uh, introduce what uh, au pairs are, what, a little bit about your organization? Sure. Hi, Alex. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me. I am Lori Brust. I am a consultant with Cultural Care Au Pair. I have been with Cultural Care for 25 years, although the agency itself has been in existence for 33 years. We are a government-regulated program. We bring au pairs from overseas into the U.S. to have a cultural exchange experience and help um, American host families with some child care. Au pairs can be anywhere from 18 to 26 years old. They come on a J-1 visa that's valid for one year. They can extend if they choose to for an additional six, nine, or 12 months. If they do extend after that second year, that's it. They have to go home or they have to leave the country. Um, while they're here, they can provide up to 45 hours of child care, light child related housekeeping. So anything related to the kids, they can do the kids laundry, put toys away, prepare meals. They also can drive. Why are au pairs coming here? They're coming because they want to experience the American culture. Most of all, they want to improve their English. English is definitely the universal language. And the more fluent they are in English, the more doors open for them when they get home. They have much better opportunities. So the families, of course, are joining the program because they want child care. They know in order to get that child care, they're going to provide a cultural exchange experience for the au pair. The au pair wants that cultural exchange experience and language. They know in order to get that, they're going to provide child care. So everybody is joining the program for the same reasons, just in reverse order. So we need to make sure that they understand that so they can kind of come up with their, their middle ground so that everybody is happy. The relationships that develop are incredible. They sometimes just last a lifetime. So it's really nice to, to watch the relationships develop and the au pair truly become part of an American family. That's great. And I believe there are some other um, 
not qualifications, but uh, requirements that the au pairs have to meet while they're here. I think educational, there's an educational requirement as well. They do. They have to take the equivalent of six credits at a local post-secondary accredited institution. That's part of their visa requirement. Um, host families are responsible to give them up to $500 towards that education. So most of the time they're taking things like continuing ed classes at the colleges or um, special programs that some of the local colleges have developed specifically for au pairs. Whose families also need to make sure that they can provide a private bedroom for the au pair, needs to be a, a legal bedroom with two forms of egress. They provide food for the au pair. And if they need the au pairs to drive, of course, they need to provide that, that vehicle for them to use. Well, I think what was interesting from the last meeting was sort of on the host family side, like what was the, the cost and any, any other requirements besides like the room and stuff? So the cost for the host families averages to be about $400 a week or $20,000 for the year, all in from the agency perspective. So there's a, a processing fee of $450. There's a program fee to new host families of $93.95. Um, repeat host family. So if they get another au pair or all of their, their subsequent au pairs, they, they pay $83.95. So it's only that, that first year that they're paying the, the $9,300. They also contribute, like I said earlier, up to $500 towards the education. So, and they give the au pairs a minimum of $195.75 per week, which is a living stipend, not technically considered a salary. So whether the au pair has to work for a minute that week or the full 45 hours, regardless if they have one child or four children, that $195.75 needs to be paid every single week. Most families do bump it up to an even $200. They can pay more than that. And some families do pay more than that. They feel like the 200 is just not enough. But that 195.75 as a minimum must be paid every single week. The au pairs are also entitled to two weeks of paid vacation during their year. And the 45 hours that they can work, just to get a little bit more specific, they cannot work more than 10 hours in any one day. They need one and a half consecutive days off every week. But once a month, that needs to be a full weekend. So at least once a month, they have to have from a Friday evening to a typical beginning Monday morning. This way, they can do some traveling. They can rejuvenate themselves. They can really start to experience things. While the au pairs are here, they, they like to, many times, do as much as they possibly can. So their vacation weeks, they'll travel to other states. Um, during their weekends off, they might go somewhere local, like Boston or Niagara Falls or Washington, D.C. From Long Island, it's so easy to do so many really cool, very historic things that make America what it is. On $200 a week approximately. I mean, they must be somewhat limited to what they can do, at least 
during the week unless the family is providing these you know vacation excursions um have you heard any feedback from au pairs on how they can kind of stretch that money out like has the library ever come up as an option i think the the au pairs many times don't realize the opportunities that the library affords to them as somebody living in the community i put out a poll to the au pairs to see if they have a library card, if they use the library, and if they're doing it because they're bringing the children or if they're using the library for themselves. And overwhelmingly, the au pairs did not have a library card. Only a handful indicated that they did. Um, And most of the au pairs said that they do go to the library, but with the children. Very few said that they went alone and utilized the library and its resources for themselves. I did ask them also what kinds of programming that they would be interested in if the library offered it. Most of them said language. So if there was some kind of English or ESL program, while it wouldn't count towards their educational requirement, they know that that's something very beneficial to them. They're looking for social experiences. They're looking for more things to do with the kids, like story times, crafts, um, things like that. They said for themselves, fitness classes, those ESL classes or other or other language classes, um, maybe some book clubs that they can join, things like that. I just think that they don't realize that it's, It's there for them and it's free because you're right. The $200 a week, while that's purely pocket money for them, doesn't go far when you're looking to to travel and, and do those kinds of things. We have to, or we did have to, it's not technically a requirement, although most of my colleagues still want to provide monthly meetings for the au pairs. And we get them together. It's a way for them to meet one another. It's a way for them to start to socialize together and to really develop a a one-on-one relationship with us. Even if we don't go, if there was something that we can come up with together with the local libraries, it would be something that we could just kind of put out to them and say, listen, we can't be there on this day, but this is what's being offered. You guys should go. And it's a way to get them together to socialize. I just thought maybe it might be a good idea that um, maybe the libraries can start sending our newsletters to cultural care au pair um, if your library um, doesn't require one them to be, I guess, an in-district patron or require a library card to even sign up for a program. That's something... I've been doing recently is I don't require, I don't check someone's library card, even if they have a library card to sign up for a program. So that if that's something your library offers for certain programs, um, if the au pairs know one another and they might want to go as a group, they might feel more comfortable doing that. They can kind of pick through those newsletters and find something that interests them. I think it would be very helpful um, to send us as consultants or send me and I can, I can forward out that newsletter because we have to touch base with every au pair every month, whether we see them in person or not. 
And that's something that we can provide to them as well. So just in case they don't see yours or they don't understand it, it's something that we can pass along. Yeah, I think uh, at our last, you know, the last meeting we talked about like putting together like a general services that may be of interest to the au pairs that, yeah, that Alex started to put together (laughs) um, that we can give to you and then that could be distributed out. That would be perfect. But I was thinking about, so we talked a little bit about getting library cards, you know, for these people, you know, for the au pairs and sort of what that required. And you had some specifics about like whether they're getting IDs or not. Do you want to like touch on that a little bit? So some of the au pairs do get local driver's licenses. Many of them don't. It's not required in New York for them to get a local license. What they all do have, they of course have their passport that shows a photo ID, but they all have, it's called a letter of program participation. And what that is, is it's on cultural care letterhead and it is addressed to the au pair care of her host family with their local address. And then the letter goes on to explain what the au pair program is all about, that she's here on a legal visa, that she's an au pair. Um, It's a department of state regulated program. And again, that she's living with this family for a year. I sent a, a copy of that, a sample letter to Amber. I think I sent it yesterday or Monday um, to Amber so that she has a copy of what that letter looks like. And I'm sure that she's going to share it with everybody so that everybody knows and hopefully everybody will understand that that should be something that would serve as proof of address for the au pairs. Yeah, that was something we talked about quite a bit at the last meeting is maybe either lowering the requirements for a temporary card for maybe a year that we could give to au pairs is just one example, but people who stay here for only part of this part of the year. Um, and I'm looking at the Saville Library, which is where I work, um, our requirements for a library card, you need a photo ID, which the passport would obviously um, work for, but we also require a proof of address and under the lists of letters and things that would fit that bill. You know, we have utility bills, lease agreements, mortgage or tax bills. There's nothing stating anything like um, like what you mentioned, the uh, proof of, what was it, residency? Program, or, program or, participation. Pro- program participation, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So I think it, just making libraries aware that this letter exists, that au pairs have a different way of proving where that they do live where they live just making the libraries aware of this would help solve some of these issues because you know the person working at the front desk might not be you know if you hand them this letter they might not know what to do with it or know if it qualifies so i think just making libraries aware of this letter would be really really beneficial because as as of right now at save library i'm not sure that that letter would qualify right So that's why I sent a copy to Amber so that hopefully everybody can be made aware that that letter is, well, it's not a legal document. It's a document from the agency itself saying we kind of sponsor her. She's here. They also have a document in their first year. They have a visa. 
So in their passport, they have that J-1 visa that has um, valid dates on it. So you'll be able to see when her year is ending, if that's something that you choose to require. Um, they also have, because if they extend their visa doesn't get renewed, it can only be renewed if they go home, which most of them don't. They get a, a form called a DS-2019 form. That's issued from our government. That says they're here legally and that has all current dates on it. So if they do extend for a second year, it has that second year date. It also includes the address that she's going to be living at. So if it's an au pair that is staying with the same family for a second year, that address is on the form. If it's somebody that was living somewhere else and joined a host family in our area, their address is on that form. So it's always current address with the dates of, of her validity. Yeah, no, here at Sachem, we offer cards for like teachers in the district. I know other libraries will do like, you know, for business um, owners in the district, they can get a local card. Um, you know, the teacher cards are, are good for like a year. And um, so I brought it up to my, you know, head of Cirque to see her thoughts on it. And it didn't seem like it'd be an issue to do something similar for, you know, the au pairs that are coming in. But like Alex said, it's sort of just, you know, getting the word out there that this is the uh, thing. And, and I think the thing to realize is that you said you were one of like 13 agencies on the island, right? Yes, we're one of about 13 agencies. And I'm one of, just in our agency, I'm one of about 30 people that do what I do. So we have very local regions that we work with. Right. And then so like there was like, I think, I don't know if you put it out there, but it was like a rough estimate of like 800 to 1,000 au pairs possibly on Long Island. On Long Island, yeah. I'm not sure of what the number is, but it, it's in the hundreds for sure. <laughs> but that's a pretty big audience, you know, you know it's a pretty big community, yeah. Um, and it's not just targeted, like, like you said, it, it, it's across Long Island. So pretty much everyone's got a district that is covered by their library. So I think that is something to keep in mind. And Laura, you said which um, districts in, or towns do you cover? I'm in Nassau County mostly. So I have um, Bethpage, Plainview, Jericho, Syosset, Woodbury, um, Farmingdale, and Melville and Hicksville. So generally, there's a consultant for covering a few towns throughout Long Island? It's usually a couple of towns. I have one of the larger groups. I'm the most senior on Long Island. So I have one of the larger groups. There's somebody that is kind of right next to me. She does parts of Huntington, Comac, Dix Hills, and Northport. Um, and then depending on really the, the numbers is, is how they decide, you know, who's getting which. They keep it as local as they can. Of course, the towns are all next to each other. There's somebody on the North Shore that does like Locust Valley, Laddingtown, the Tinkock, those towns. Um, but some of the towns themselves don't have any au pairs. So I just, I cover Hicksville. I just got my first family, well, not ever, but my first family now in Hicksville that just applied. They don't even have an au pair yet. 
So some of the towns might only have one au pair, but the group as a whole, I have about 32 au pairs right now in those towns that I cover. The, the woman that covers the Comac Dix Hills area also has about 32 au pairs. Everybody else has a much smaller group. And the other agencies are much smaller than we are. So they're not going to have nearly the numbers that we have. I was thinking if there's a way either the consultant can reach out to the libraries within the district that they are covering to either send that letter to the library or have the library start mailing the newsletters directly to the consultant. So there will be some better communication. Obviously, the the houses, the homes, the families that are hosting these au pairs should also be receiving the newsletter. But, you know, it's just another piece of mail. It might get lost in transition, but at least the consultant will say, you know, here, there's an exercise class and an ESL class happening on this, this date and this date. You know, that might be something you might be interested in. So, you know, I think awareness of, of these library programs is the biggest hurdle because, I mean, I'm sure transportation's not not easy. I mean, they, they are allowed to drive, but that's another hurdle. But I think awareness uh, of what the library offers is is the biggest hurdle to reaching the au pairs. Is I agree. I think, you know, for us, educating the families about the program is important. I think that for you guys, educating the au pairs that there is this resource for them is, like you said, your biggest hurdle. Most of the au pairs either get to use a car or have friends that get to use a car. So I think they can get there and it's local. So if a family is only letting them use the car locally, not a problem because the libraries are all local. I think educating them as to what's out there for them, for them personally and for them to bring the children to, I think is the, the biggest thing that we have to overcome. And I can get the word out to my colleagues and say, listen, this is a great opportunity. We should let the au pairs know, reach out to your library, get involved, have them send you information. I can't make them do it. We all are independent contractors and kind of run our groups differently. While there are certain program requirements, that's what we have to do, but we all get to those requirements differently. I think like you said earlier, like if you are checking in with your group monthly, you know, if the library could host an in-person sort of meetup quarterly or something, that's an easy way we can get people in here and just give a quick PSA and try to educate um, if we do, if we are able yes. to connect with that district person, you know, and that's just like an easy yes. thing that we can do as libraries to kind of reach out. Yeah, Andrew mentioned it earlier. We're working on between myself, Andrew, and um, a few members of Mosaic, we've been emailing each other um, with a, a draft of a flyer that we can send out to either the consultants or the au pairs directly that just has, you know, very basic information on, do I need a library card? Do How can I get a library card? These are some of the services libraries offer. You know, museum passes is another one that I think would be extremely um, of interest to au pairs. You know, it's Childcare is tough. It's hard. I have a two-year-old myself. It's hard coming up with things to keep keep kids entertained every day. And if you can get a free pass to the children's museum for a day, you know that's what well, that's great. Right. Um, 
you know, and then obviously the programs for the au pairs themselves, the exercise classes, the, the crafts they might be interested in, ESL classes, but the programs we offer for children, they're all extremely popular. You know, there's no difference who's dropping the kid off or staying with the kid. So that might be of interest. Um, and then, you know, because they are on a limited budget, you know, they can't go out buying books and movies every time they want to watch something. So we have streaming apps. Uh, we have ebooks, audiobooks. If they can't get to the, uh, the library physically, they can check them out on their phone or tablet. Um, and we also have the Pronunciator app, which most libraries, I believe, subscribe to, which is a language learning app on their phone. So if they can't get physically to the library to attend a class, they can do it on their phone and it's all free with your library card. So I think it's, again, it's just getting people aware of the, all these services, you know, maybe in their home country, their libraries don't offer all these services. And this is something totally new to them. They might not even realize these things exist. So that I know from my experience, the au pairs have not known that the library was free. Like everything that, you know, that they could, participate in was free for them. They had no idea. So that's why I think educating them is, is step one in getting them in, making them realize that you're there, you're local, you're free. I think too, a point was made at that meeting that sometimes it's on the au pairs to come up with the activities. So if the family's not knowledgeable what the library offers, then the au pair is not going to really know what's being offered, even the children's programs right. and activities that they can attend. I guess the, the last kind of question that I wanted to close with, is there anything, and we, we talked about this a lot already, but is there anything that libraries should be offering that we are not already offering? I mean, like I said, I think, I think that anything that is social for them or language-based, English classes or even the book clubs, they're reading the book in English, they're discussing it in English, that all of that helps them with the language um, and fitness because they're all into fitness, a yoga class, or I don't know if you would do like something like a Zumba class or a meditation or anything that will help them in their personal life, you know, help them to kind of not worry about the kids, not have anything to do with, with the work that they're doing here, but just help them would be a, a great opportunity for them. And I think once we get them into the library and doing a program, other things would come out. If, if anybody just communicated with them and asked them types of things they would like, if it was possible and you could do it, I think they would give you great ideas directly. Yeah, thank you so much, Lori, for joining us. Thank you very much. Take care. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to Lori from Cultural Care Au Pair for talking to us today. Um, if you have any questions and you want to contact uh, me directly, I'm at, I'm Andrew at Teach and Library. And I'm Alex at Save a Library. Uh, check the description for my contact information as well. And also how to contact Lori if you're interested in reaching out to Cultural Care Au Pair. 
Thank you for listening.